Right on. Hey, I just, I wanted to give like a public shout out to Shannon, right? Shannon? Shannon Nelson and I met Shannon with CC, friends from like Cannon Brew, and she came tonight. So you're here, Shannon. You made it. Come on. <laughs> hey, guys, uh, I'm, I'm so excited uh, to, to kind of start this, this, this new year. It's like January, the first Sunday of January, right? And um, man, it's just awesome to see people actually give God their first, their first Sunday. Really, in all, in all actuality, this is the first day of the week. And um, the scripture goes over and over and over and over about giving God your first. Just giving him your first, you know. Will talked about it with crop, the, the, the conversation or the, the wording of crops. Well, it's because the scriptures were written in ancient times. But today, what, is, what does crop look like to you, right? Giving God your, your finances, that's one of them. <clears throat> giving God the first of your week, it's another. For me, something that changed the course of, of my life personally uh, was I decided when I was like a junior or senior in high school, I, I heard a message. And I, it, there's just message. I don't know about you. Have you ever heard a message just changed your life? Um, and this particular message, uh, this, it just changed my life. And the message was on giving God your first fruits and all the different aspects of what that was. And the reason I say God speaks to you is because I was sitting in that room during worship, like bawling my eyes out. I don't know if you've got to that place yet, but when you get closer and closer to God, um, sometimes you want to cry. And that's okay. For every person, it's different, though, right? Like, you could just be, like, normally emotional, and your emotional senses are at a whole nother level. Other moments, you just never cry, and you're just in worship. I, I just get so deep in thought with God, and even as I was here, I was just praying, and I was just thanking him for his goodness, his mercy, his, his wonder, his beauty. And I just, I just couldn't control myself and started crying. It wasn't a sad cry. It was a reverence cry to know that he's here, that he's working. This doesn't happen just because of like Sammy and Kelly and the team. This happens because God calls people. He speaks to people. He moves in people. He's constantly at work in your life. Whether you believe in him or not, he's at work. And so the message was to give God your first fruits. And so I, I said, you know, as I was there, I was crying, I was praying. And I, I kid you not, but I, I, I saw myself like somewhere else. It wasn't California. And I was at a, a college, and I was sitting in a table, and there's people I didn't know. I can't remember their faces, and I knew I had homework in front of me. But I, I recognized like the place I was in. I had been there before, and I saw it. I saw this, this space that I was in. I was doing homework, and I was planning for college, and I felt like God say, this is where you're going. This is where I'm calling you. And um, when I was 12 years old, my, my brother, just out of nowhere, he was like 21, 22 years old, and he decided to go to Bible school, Bible college in Springfield, Missouri. Like Springfield, Missouri, right? Like, where's that? And so he went, and I remember I went and I visited him, and I was in the cafeteria with him. I went to the chapels with him. I went to the libraries with him. And I thought back, and I, was, I just saw myself there in the library, and I knew, I knew exactly as I was praying to God. See, it's important to pray to God. It's important to say, God, what, where should I go to college? God, what, what kind of career should I pursue? Father, like, this next year, lead me, guide me, instruct me on what to do next. And it's specific. It should be. It should be specific because God's a specific God. He'll speak to you in specific ways. And I saw it and I knew it. 
I just knew it. No one could change it. No one could take it from me. I knew it was crazy, and I said, I started telling my friends, I'm going to Springfield, Missouri. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm going to college, Bible school. They're like, Bible school, what is that? Like, you're weird, you're crazy. Like, what are you talking about? I had no idea what I was doing, but I stepped into it, not knowing the full story of what God was calling me to. But it was there that he called me and spoke to me about this. This space. Right here. I didn't know the faces. I didn't know who would be a part of this, but I just knew I had to listen to God. And so as you pray, God will show you things. He will speak to you about things, and it sounds and seems crazy. I heard a pastor, one of my, I love him. You, can, you should YouTube him. He's amazing. His name's T.D. Jakes. And he, he talks about common sense that we all understand, we know, we get. It's common, right? It, it makes sense. But then there's spirit sense. It's like, what is the Holy Spirit telling you about this? And it could make no sense whatsoever. I would much rather follow the spirit than follow man. I would much rather, f- rather follow God who knows the future than myself who has no idea what tomorrow brings. And so it's something about giving God your first. You know, it's inevitable. I was thinking through this. What is inevitable is that in 2020, we're going to go through like hardships. I know it's kind of like, ah, I don't want to hear that. You know, I could stand up here and lie to you. And a lot of times I just am over the whole like, it just sounds good, you know, type of preaching. It is good, though, at the end of the it'll be It'll get good. But for right now, if we just, just know that it, life, you're going to go through hardship. You're going to go through challenges. You're going to go through the lows in this next year, right? Like, I would hope and pray, let's pray that we, it's amazing every single day, every single week, every single month. And then, you know, we're in December, the last day, and it's like, man, this is just like nothing bad has happened. There's been no death in my family, in my life. There's been no hardship. There's been no broke. And that's just not, that's not life, right? It's inevitable. What's also inevitable is that there will be beautiful moments, highs, excitement, wonder and beauty, joy, laughter, those things in life that just puts the wind in your sails, right? That is inevitable. That will happen. You're going to have great victory. I, I, I really, I, I declare that over your life. You will. You'll have great victory in this next year. And you know another thing, though, that is not inevitable, though. This just might not happen. You just, you might not see God. You thought about that? You might. It's inevitable. God's not going to force you to do it. He's not going to force you to be here. He's not going to force you to come and give up an hour or two, or if you're on the team, a couple hours out of your week to just come and serve his house and serve his, his space where he moves powerfully in community. He's not going to force you to do those things. God's not going to force you to read the Bible. It's just not going to happen. It's just not how it works. <laughs> you're not just magically going to be drawn and like focused in and the pages aren't just going to like turn to the right scripture and the right verse and then, then you read it and it's like, wow, I know what I'm doing next week or I know what I'm doing for my career. It's not how it works. It is not inevitable that you seek God. But what if we changed the conversation in the script and said, no, I will seek God. I will seek him. I will pursue him. I will be passionately fighting 
desiring more of God this year. And here's the thing, I, I get it, like I really do. I totally get it. I know sometimes this whole church thing, this whole God thing, this whole reading your Bible, praying, I, I know it doesn't seem sexy. I get that, I really do. I get when you're at work, you're hanging out with your friends, and they're talking about, it's just a bunch of guys, and you're a guy, and they're talking about that girl, but you're married. They're saying these things, and you just like, you don't want to say anything, because you know they're going to, you know, but like you're like, oh, it's like peer pressure, like high school all over again, right? But what's important to know is that you have a choice. You have a choice to seek God, know God, and I know it doesn't seem sexy at times. It's actually hard work. And we can debate about faith and works. What's beautiful about faith is that if you accept Jesus as your Savior in your life, pursue him passionately, or you don't even have to pursue him at all. You just believe that he died for you, that he created you for more, that yes, he died for your wickedness and your sin, because we all got it, right? Yes, he died for those things, but he died for so much more. What faith is, is knowing that you have now salvation. That's free and that's yours. No one can take that from you. The enemy can't take that from you. Your family, your friends, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your husband, your wife. No one can take salvation from you. But we can sit, I'll be honest, you can be in a place where a year goes by, you, you, never, you never sought God, but you got salvation. You got his grace. And that's all amazing, wonderful, beautiful things. And then another, years go by, another year goes by, it's just not that big of a deal. I go to church every once in a while. I'm the, what's that one, Kel, where it's like Christmas? I'm a CEO. What is it? Christmas, Easter only. CEO, <laughs> you know, I just, go, I just go on Christmas time, I just go on Easter, and that's it. I'm a CEO. But you have salvation. Please be assured of that. Please know that, that it is yours and no one can take that from you. And years can go by and you just might not ever seek God. You are missing out on the blessing and the richness of what he promises you if you don't seek him though. Does that make sense? You have salvation, it's yours. It can never be taken away. There's things that are a free gift to you. But as the scriptures would argue, there's also work to be done on your behalf. Does that make sense? So I'm gonna read the Bible. I'm gonna, I'm gonna focus on him. I'm gonna seek his face. And I wanna walk with you throughout the scriptures. I got a, I got a good amount of scriptures to read with you and knowing that the scriptures will speak for itself. Does it sound good? Let's pray before we read. Jesus, speak. Speak to your people, Father. In your name we pray, amen. Here are some promises of God when we seek him. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verses 14 through 16 says this. If my people, now this is for, the my people is if you believe in God, if you believe in him, if you pursue him, if you have called him your savior, your master. If my people who are called by my name, meaning you have a name, he calls you by his name. You are cra grafted in to his family. If they would humble themselves and pray, 
And there it is. Seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Let me paraphrase that for you. If we seek God, this is a promise. I didn't come up with this. God did. If we would humble ourselves, not be prideful, not desire pride, not make it seem like we got it all. Like, yeah, I just, yeah, I just have it all. I got it all figured out. With God, yeah. I know the scriptures, that verse. Yeah. Well, you're wrong. Let me show you. Let me get the Bible. Show you right here. You're wrong. And you're, you're in a bad account. And um, you need to sit, you know, pray that God re- would re- ask you, you know, ask God to repent and you'll be okay. And, and we can get to a place where we find ourselves as, as faith beings pursuing God, but yet we want to condemn and judge every other person that's not doing that thing, pursuing him. So humble yourselves. Another way, the reason he's saying this is this is ancient conversation, right? They would fight battles. And Israel at a time was one of the most powerful nations in the ancient world. So they were prideful. I got it all together. I got all the riches. I got all the finances. I got all the gold and silver. I'm okay. We don't need to go to the temple and like pray. No, he's saying if you humble yourselves, pray and seek my face and turn from your wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. Here's a paraphrase for you. I'll forgive your sin and I will heal your land. What is your land? Your family? Your home? Promises that you heal. Heal your home. I'll heal the strife in your family. If you humble yourself, pray and seek me. I'll heal your finances. I'll take care of your finances. Humble yourself, seek me. I'll take care of your land, your space. That's yours, your possession. I will take care of it if you do these things. That's a promise of God. Verse 15 says, now my eyes will be open. This is God speaking. And my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. He's talking about the temple or the church. I have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. Here's another promise in 2 Chronicles 31. It says, this is what Hezekiah, who was a king, did throughout Judah, which was the northern part of Israel because there was a time where it got split into the northern and southern. Doing what was good and right and faithful before the Lord, his God. So Hezekiah did some good stuff. If you read chapter 31, especially the beginning, he's doing things for the temple, the church. For those that serve on the team, you you do things for his temple. You serve his church, right? You bake cookies at home and you bring them. You're doing something for the temple. (laughs) You go, you've got a long week. You're tired, you wake in the morning. I know for some of us that are on the team, we get here at two o'clock and we're serving and we're lifting and we're tired. Justin was just telling me like, man, I feel weak today. And I'm like, me too, man. It's just like been a long week. You get, you get tired and worn out at times. But Hezekiah was devoted to make God's house beautiful. He was devoted to take care of the priest and the pastors and the people that created an environment for his presence. So Hezekiah did these things, good, and he was right and faithful for the Lord. In everything that he undertook, get that, in everything he undertook in the service of God's house, 
and in obedience to the law and the commandments. Paraphrase for us, just listen to God. Abide in God. When he says to do something in the scriptures, it's probably important to follow it. I know we don't like that word command. Ah, I don't want to be commanded by anyone or anything. But when you put God in his right place, he is the commander of your life. He is the commander and the chief. Why? He knows the beginning from the end. Why on earth would I not put my life in someone that knows so much more than me? Especially the creator of my own soul, my own mind, my own thoughts. Yet he's given me a choice to walk out every single day and focus on him. This is what blew my, my mind, my heart away in verse 21. And everything that he undertook in the service of God's temple and in obedience to the long commandments. He sought his God and worked wholeheartedly. Is it up there? And so he prospered. We could just end right there and start worshiping. <laughs> Do you, does that like make sense at all? So if I were just to take this passage of scripture, apply it to my life in 2020, his promise is, is a promise, right, Will? Will's a theologian here. He's going to school for it all. That's the promise. So he prospered. Look up Hezekiah, a real person in real time and real history. King Hezekiah. Look him up. Look at all that God did in and through his life. And if you read carefully, it was always God first. No, I'm not going to listen to man. I'm not going to listen to common sense. I'm going to listen to spirit sense. No, everyone else is saying to go this way in regards to an ar a fight or a battle. But God, what are you saying? No, it, it makes sense to take that job. The finances look great. But God, what do you want? What are you saying to do? Oh, it just, it just feels right to be with this person. Like, oh, lovey-dovey, and it's great, and it's awesome. But you've never even had a conversation with God about it. Sorry, drop the, the mic like that. <laughs> Psalm 27, let this speak to your heart and your soul. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek. There it is, I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord. There it is, something about being in God's house. All the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, because it's going to happen, it's inevitable, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. And his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. It's not just whispers of joy, shouts of joy. What does it look like in 2020 to start shouting with joy during worship? Just shout to God. I know it's, ah, it's kind of weird. It's not sexy. Or, or, or maybe you don't shout and it's like chaotic, but you're singing to God. Sounds as though you're shouting, but you're singing in such a way that there's a roar in your heart and in your soul because you're dwelling in God's house. Then my head will be exalted, right? Here it is. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. Verse 8. If you're taking notes, write this down. Circle it. Underline it. My heart says of you, seek his face. You know, there's something about heart over mind. 
I love personality. We were just having this conversation last night about personalities. There's the F's in Myers-Briggs, the F's which are drawn to emotional decisions. You're, you base your decisions when you look at something face front with emotion. What does my heart say? What does is, what is my emotion say? What, what, what is like that gut feeling saying? There's the emotional side of things, and then there's the logical side of things. God has given us both. But I really believe that on the things of God, don't misquote me, on the things of God, not on the things of relationships, not on the things of making rash decisions, on the things of God. There is something connected with God in your heart. Why? I believe there's a void in every person's heart that does not know God, that pursues God, that seeks after God, and it's filled and it's enmeshed with his beauty and wonder and presence. So there's a heart over mind. The heart says yes to God. The flesh says no. Would you agree with that? I don't want to wake up and read the Bible. Man, it's like early. I'm tired. I don't need to read the Bible. I'm just tired. Or, hey, that thing that I know I shouldn't be doing, but I'm doing anyway. But like, does, you know, ah. The flesh, it's just my heart, my mind, my, what God is saying. I know it's important, but my flesh seems to win. Flesh says no, and your mind says no. Just give your mind enough time to think about it. <laughs> think you're, start telling, your, your mind will have voices that tell you you're crazy on the things of God. But what does your heart say? What is the depth of your heart speaking to you in moments where we worship, in moments when we pray, in moments when we seek his face? I don't know about you, but I want to prosper. So it's connected to my heart. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, people will forsake me. The Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I believe in like, I was talking with Kelly about this, with my mom about this. I really do believe this. Call me crazy. I believe, and I'll say, I don't know, it's just God keeps putting my heart. I believe what you say has so much effect on how you live your life. I, we, I mean, we've, I've talked about it a little bit. I don't know, maybe we just need to go do through a whole series. The, the Bible says there's power, right, in, 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 in your tongue, in, in your words. Life and death in it, in fact. I'm pretty sure this was written by David. Like, pay attention what he's saying. This is future tense. I will see the goodness of the Lord. So maybe he's not seeing it right now. I'm not making this up. This isn't like a good, like, oh, like this is encouraging, positive, and uplifting. No, like this is the word of God. David is saying, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. I will see God do something this year. Can I say that? Yeah. I will see victory in finances this year. I will see the goodness of God over my family and my wife this year. I will see the goodness of God over my home this year. That's not just like hokey dokey talk. This comes from the Bible. 
And David preached it. David lived it. He was a very prosperous man. When, by the time he was 30 years old, he became king. They would sing songs about him because he killed Goliath as like a 16-year-old. They would sing songs about David more than they would sing songs about the actual king. Guess what David did? His remedy was to put God first. Guess what David did? His remedy was to go to God. He would seek God. He would pray to God. It was all about God first in every decision he made. He saw the giants. You might have heard the story, whether you're in church or not, the David and Goliath story, right? He sees a giant making fun of his God, Yahweh. Everyone else is terrified, but there's something about spirit sense, not common sense. It doesn't make sense to fight a nine, 10 foot giant when you're 16 years old. David slings a slingshot and he's like, man, if I could take care of bears when I take care of my sheep, I can, I can knock out a bear, I can knock out a lion. Who is this Philistine in front of me? But it's the faith of what you speak. You have to know it in your heart, though. Something about faith, right? Something about believing it. And here it says in Hebrews, <clears throat> without faith, it is impossible to please God. Did you know that? Man, it's crazy to me. <laughs> I read that and I was like, whoa, I need to read that every single day. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You want to please God? Have faith. Speak faith. Walk in faith. Pursue life in such a way where people just know you're a person of faith. So when bad company or bad conversation or things come against you or someone comes up to you and is speaking really low, then lift them up, lift their head up, lift their heart up and say, no, you're going to get through this. I'm speaking faith over you. You're going to see the goodness of God in your life. It's not like hocus pocus stuff. It's real stuff. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those, there it is, who earnestly seek him. I'll just ask you this honest question, and it's a question to me too. When was the last time, if not ever, that you've earnestly sought after God. You sought his face. What does that mean? That you, you just want to know him. If we look at Hebrews, it says that he rewards those who seek him. And the song says, I'm not here for blessing. That gets me, the, like I'm like, oh, I'm emotional, crying. Because I, I mean, when you get to a point with God, you don't care about blessing anymore. You just want to be with him. But he loves us that much, so much, that when we were with him, he blesses us. When we put him first, for some reason, he takes care of us. Are you seeking him? It's simple, really. I'll make it practical. Go home. Take a shower. Brush your teeth. Turn off the lights, get on your knees, and pray to God. I do it in the dark because it cuts everything out. God, what, what is it that you, you desire of me? You see, we make it so about ourselves. 
God, I need this, and I want this, and I want this to happen, and I want this person to do this, and God, I want this career, and God, I want these finances, and I think those are, please, like, continue praying those things, but what if we changed the conversation and actually asked God what he wanted of us? Like, God, what do you want me? What, what do you want out of me? What is it that you're calling me to? Who is it that you're calling me to? How, how do you want me to live my life this next year and decade? What are the things internal that you need to take care of, change, shift, remold, refabricate so that I can be a better human being and a better follower and I can impact the world in a greater way because I actually have emotional intelligence because you've dealt with the brokenness of my heart. I actually know how to have conversation with someone that I disagree with because you told me you need to take care of that. You're too prideful. You don't know it all. You should just listen to them, have compassion over them. But if we're not in his face, if we're not praying to him, if we're not seeking him, why on earth would you expect him to be speaking to you about things to better your soul when you're not even, you're not even seeking him? And it's a remedy, and it's open in the scriptures. It's a promise of God. What does it look like for you to actually seek him? Worship team, you guys can come on up. We know this scripture, you might have heard it. It says this in Jeremiah 29. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise, my good promise to bring you back to this place, which is Israel. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Then we stop. We always stop there. That's like the best part, right? Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. I'm going to be really honest. I just am not in the, the mood to just sugarcoat things. This passage, if we were to look at it in its original origins, is filled with blood and tears. When Jeremiah wrote this, crying out to God in captivity, I'll make it real vivid for you. Seventy years prior, Jeremiah was in the land of Israel. And God was fed up with his people, if I could be honest. We don't like talking about this. His people stopped listening to him. Have you ever been in a situation where it's like, man, I had the best year ever. I was like killing it. The money was coming. I was blessed. And then you just forget about God. See you later, God. I'm not going to church anymore. I'm not going to pray anymore. I'm not going to give my tithe anymore because I'm good. I'm like good. The problem with that via the Old Testament is God is a jealous God. He wants to be first. And he tells his prophet Jeremiah, I'm fed up with my people. It's time. I need to do something in their life because their story will show the story of people. The story of Israel is the story of you and me. We were good with God. We worshiped him. When it was all bad, we would go to him. But when it got good, we forgot about him. And then it was like we had like this issue of insanity. We just kept going back to it and going back to it and going back to it. And finally, he was fed up, and they were put in captivity. The Babylonians would tie up the men and the little babies, the children, would tie them up. 
with the rope, holster them onto their horses and ride them throughout the city gates in Jerusalem, in Israel, to let all the captives know in, in, in Jerusalem, in Israel, this is your future, captivity. And then they took the Jews, which was sacred people, and they forced them to inbred with other Babylonians, Assyrians, to mix up their race. They became Samaritans. That's why Jews hate, hate Samaritans. They're not full Jew. Mixed blood. They did everything that they could to lower their beauty and wonder of God. So Jeremiah writes this 70 years later because it was promised that 70 years God will take them out of captivity. And, God, and Jeremiah says, we did everything you said to do, God. I know we messed up. I know we fell back, but we're here. We're pursuing you with every ounce of our being. Show up for us, God. And God says, oh, I, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then will you call on me. Now you want to call on me. You're going to call on me then. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. God promises he will listen to you. Here it is. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. With all your heart. With every ounce of your being. And in these next 21 days, whether you want to do it with us or not, whether you want to just commit to just reading the Bible for 21 days, maybe just pray for 21 days, whatever that looks like for you, what does it look like to put God first in the first month of a, first de of a new decade, of a brand new year, give God your first and see that he won't show up for you. I just, I believe he will. That's what his, he promises it promises it. I'll end with this. I honestly have a couple more verses. I'll end with this. It says in Psalm 23, I just read it, but it's the New King James Version. All right? It says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I would have lost heart, but I believed. Do you believe? Like, do you just have faith that God can show up, will show up in your life this year. I really do. I believe that for you. If you don't believe it, I believe it for you. So I'm devoting these next 21 days, honestly, to, to, to get on my face every single day and to pray on your behalf and on my behalf. For this church, for this community, for everything going on in your life, that's why, honestly, I ask that you would put your prayer requests let, let us know via coin. We, it's, it's confidential. I, I want to pray for you. And I don't know about you, but this is like the best time to come to church. Because I believe that when a community, when a community comes together and is praying and fasting, there's something that happens in the environment. There's something that happens in this space. It becomes incredibly sacred, becomes incredibly potent. You're Spider senses are up of the Spirit of God, and He speaks, He moves, He heals. You need healing in these 21 days? I'll be praying for you. But you should seek Him, not through your pastor. You should seek Him. You should pray to Him. You gotta, I know my brother's getting married this, this couple, couple weeks. I'm gonna be praying for his marriage, right? Praying for, for beautiful things to come in this next year. Seek Him and see what He does in your life. Sound good? Would you stand with me?
just going to be honest and transparent. You guys can lower the lights here. I want to just teach you what, what, it, what it looks like or just sounds like or just expresses what, what it means. We just read in Psalm 27 that you, you pray to God, you sing to God songs. There's times where I, I'll just sit down. I don't care if people don't think it's like, well, well everyone's standing, but I, I just want to sit down. I don't know. I want to go stay, like back in the, and just sit down on the wall and just listen to God and pray to God. And I pray to God. I don't care, like, if you can hear me, because the music's too loud anyway. You can't really know everything that I'm saying, or it's in your heart. God, speak, Father. Move. Move in my life, God. I pray those things. God, there's this one situation, Lord, you know about. And as I'm in your house, in community, as I'm in your presence, Father, would you show up on my behalf? I pray such prayers like that. I'm okay with raising my hands because it's a, it's a form of worship unto God. Who cares what people think? You won't care what people think when you're on your deathbed. You won't. You won't care what, you, what people think when you're like sick as a dog. And you're like laying. You don't care what anyone thinks. What does it look like to not care what anyone thinks in the presence of God? Because here's what I do know. He can speak to Corey in such a powerful way, and, and someone else in the room doesn't get anything. I don't know why he does that. He just does it. He can heal someone in this room right now that has a sickness and illness with their back. He can heal them right now. And he just, I don't, it's just how he works. But it's in the environment of shouting and worshiping God. So I just want to encourage us in doing that. I'm going to push you. I'm going to call you to more. In this next year, that we're going to actually learn how to worship God. Does that sound good? So, who cares? Be undignified. Sing to him. Pray to him. There's leaders here. Whoever has like a badge. If your friend's here. Hey, I need prayer. I need prayer in my life. I need prayer about what's going on. Would you pray for me? And pray unto God. If you see someone just in a moment, God might speak to you about them this is just like teaching 101 of the spirit i believe that god has gifts for every person and he might give you the gift of it's called knowledge the gift of prophecy and i'll be honest i kind of not that i shy away from it but i get in my head too much see it's a mind thing it needs to be a heart thing god can speak something to me about someone and i just need to be obedient to go and do it right you could be standing and, and look at someone in the room and for some reason you're fixated on them and God is speaking one word to you. Then go, hey, I always say this, take this with a grain of salt. I just want to pray this over you. I don't know, for some reason, I feel like God's saying he's going to give you peace in this next season. And you pray it. It's always uplifting. It's always encouraging. Does that make sense? And I don't care what anyone thinks anymore. I don't. Because it's in those moments when someone speaks to you very specifically. And they don't know you. They don't know you on Instagram. They don't know you on Facebook. For some reason, they just read your mail. And God spoke from their mouth and heart to you to let you know. God's saying, I see you. I see you. I see you. So we're going to pray and worship. Does that sound good? Just raise our hands if you feel comfortable. Jesus, we cry out to you, Father. We cry out to you, God, and we just pray, Father, that you would move in this place, God, 
in these next 21 days, Lord, you know what you're doing in our lives. You know what you're doing in our hearts. God, for those that are stepping into a new career, a new journey, God, I pray that you'd give them strength, Father. Give them strength, God, to know that you are with them, that you go before them, that they are mighty warriors on your behalf. God, your word says that we are more than conquerors. God, your word says that we are the head and not the tail. God, I pray that leaders would arise in this room. I pray that new voices would arise in this room. I pray, I pray that those would desire to be consecrated before you. Father, I pray for new dreams to arise in this room, God, in our hearts, that we would dream dreams and see visions. Lord, your word says that in the end days, your men and your women, your daughters and your sons will dream dreams and see visions. May we see such things, God. I pray in this next year we would see miracles in this house. I pray over every person that has a sickness over their body. It's only in your name that they can be healed. Father, heal them now. I pray, God, that those that are going through financial difficulty, that if they would seek you, if they would pursue you in the highs and in the lows, when you show up and when you don't, God, you say that we would be prosperous. Every ounce of our being is yours, God. I pray for relationships, God, for marriages. I pray that marriages would grow stronger this year. I pray that those that are going through addictions would be released this year. I pray for victory. I pray for more knowledge, more understanding of your scriptures. I pray that every person that desires you, pursues you, wants more of you, would be filled with the Holy Spirit, God. I pray that new gifts would arise. I pray that the body of Christ would come together and we would see hundreds of thousands of people come to you, not because of what we are and who we are or what we do, only because of you, Jesus. Only because of you, God. Come on, I just want you.